So welcome to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Okay let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money from your podcast, with no minimum listenership. Cool right? It's everything you need to make a podcast, in one place. So what are you still waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Cheers. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Thank Your Pain podcast, where we take the painful moments in our lives and find the lessons and blessings within them. And today, we are so blessed to have Jason Wood here with us. He is a superstar on Instagram with some funny reels that he's recently become famous for, um, sometimes inappropriate. It's probably why he's so popular. (laughs) Um, But far, far, far beyond that, he's a men's mental health advocate. He's gone through so many changes in his life, depression, divorce, single dad, um, vet. So he has got so much wisdom that he's going to share with us today. And it's actually his birthday. So happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you for stepping up and wanting to help people despite it being your birthday. Really appreciate that. And um, we agreed that we're going to kind of skip over the long kind of background story because he's done it so many times. And we want to dive into the juice of what makes Jason, Jason. So First of all, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's it's been I've been waiting for this for a while now. I know it's going to be a fun conversation and get a, get an opportunity to talk about more than just like you said, my my military service and ultra running and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and the first thing that we talked about was uh, weird people on the internet before we even got <laughs> because despite you having like this very serious kind of I started this page, you know to inspire people to do fitness and things like that. It kind of just progressed, it seems like, into funny reels about being single and you've gotten quite an interesting audience because of that. Yeah, it was funny because um, a couple of weeks, uh, if, you know, about a month ago, like end of July, like I, I was just sitting there and everybody kept telling me, do, you gotta do reels, you gotta do reels. And that's the way you grow your following and stuff because the algorithm now. And I was like, you know what, let's just do something silly. So I started doing like some silly stuff and on reels. And next thing I know, the one Transformers Optimus Prime one just went bonkers. And before my demographic was almost 70% men, um, 30% women roughly. And it has completely flip-flopped. My demographic is now after one month, 71% women, 29% men. So it's interesting now um, how the content, like my, the way I base my content and try to think about things now from a different perspective, because I'm kind of, you know, talking to a different audience now than I was before. So actually I have a question about that. Then does that, do you feel like that kind of dilutes your message or did you even really have a message that you wanted to get out there? No, I don't think it dilutes it. I think, um, I think I've gotten a lot of really positive messages in my DMs uh, from, you know, women that are going through relationship issues and they kind of want to see it from a man's perspective. And I'm, you know, I, even my, my, like, I'm the only guy in one of my all female group chats and I, I constantly will get them in there like, Hey, this guy's doing this. What, what is this? What do you think? And like, I'll just give them from my perspective, 
what he's probably thinking or what, you know, what he's probably, you know, not thinking in some cases. And, and uh, I think it's just neat to have that perspective. Uh, but, you know, I think um, having more women understand that men struggle too, and men have issues and we have feelings and we have emotions and a lot of times we'll hide those things and, and how to handle that um, is, is it's, it's a different way to thinking, but I still got a lot of guys that, that appreciate what I'm doing too. So it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so how, how could women understand more about what men are going through? Do you have any like tips that you could even just share on the podcast? Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, like I'll use my own relationship as as a, as a kind of example. Um, when I was married to my daughter's mother, it was one of those situations where she constantly, she saw that I was struggling. She saw, I mean, in in the ways I acted in the ways that I communicated, all those kind of things that I was, I needed help and I I needed to to reach out and and really have a conversation with a therapist or, or, or just anybody, uh, that would listen at that point. Um, and I, like most men tend to uh, take everything on ourselves. We can handle it ourselves. We don't need any help uh, kind of thing. And uh, once I split with my ex, um, that's, that's kind of when I hit rock bottom. And that's when I finally did reach out for help. And then eventually over time, I found myself becoming more and more uh, open with not only you know, the therapist, but then also being more open with family members, friends, loved ones. And then finally it got to the point where it was just, let's just tell the world on Instagram, like all these pretty pictures that you're seeing, um, you know, that's one snip, snip of my day, but this is a man that struggled and I just became more open with everyone. And, um, and I think it's just for, for, from that perspective, if you can just slowly just get communicate and understand that he's probably trying he's probably wanting to communicate but he's 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 struggling to and and it's it's you got to open the door for him in a lot of cases uh and to to have that level of communication he's got to have that level of trust in you um and and then just go from there i mean i I think for me it was just building that trust and 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 people and then having just an open door to finally just say this is what i'm feeling this is how my emotions, you know, are, are if affecting our relationship and those kind of things. So yeah, just slowly get into it. Don't, don't try to dive bomb them all at once. <laughs> well, and so that being said, I don't mean to take this into a very serious dive right away, but one of the um, people from the audience actually asked about how to survive after divorce or going through a divorce. And I want to know, because you just said, it took until after the divorce to go to therapy. Do you think that if you had gone to therapy during the relationship, things would have turned out differently? You know, I, I, I wish I could tell the future and we would go back and redo things. I mean, it, there's a good part of me that thinks, yes. Uh, I think a lot of our issues were rooted in me and my, um, my inability to communicate, my inability to show empathy, my inability to communi- you know, communicate effectively. Uh, my feelings and, you know, emotions and everything. Um, If I would have been able to go to therapy and maybe find ways, uh, healthy ways to communicate and, and be uh, more of a present partner with, with my ex, maybe we would have survived. I I think now looking back, 
Um, we're kind of two different people in a lot of cases now, uh, but uh, you know, maybe having that opportunity to grow and together and, 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 do, and, and do that level of work on myself together. Yeah, maybe that would have changed the outcome. Yeah, and I didn't mean to uh, put us in hindsight because ultimately I think that we end up exactly where we're supposed to and that if it yeah. was supposed to work out, it would have. But I think a lot of us run into this problem where we wait until it's, it's the end before we do something for ourselves. And I want to disagree with you at the point where you're like, a lot of it came from me because, you know, relationships are, are two. And yeah. this is something that men do a lot is they take all of it on themselves and I need to fix this. And it's just me. And this is something I did in my relationship too, is like, it's me, it's me, it's me. If I can just change myself, if I can just fix myself, I can make everything work. But that comes from the need to solve the problem and to find a solution and to fix things when sometimes things just, they're not meant to be solved because they're not meant to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing that came was a couple of years later, um, you know, we've co-parented very well. We still have a great relationship. Um, you know, I, we have a good friendship, but uh, I remember a couple of years after we split and everything um, after I was working on myself and really finding myself and, and falling in love with me and, and, and everything. She uh, she asked me one day, you know, why couldn't I have made you this happy? And, uh, you know, at that point, right, you know, on the spot, like I probably didn't have the best answer. I probably just like, I don't know. But uh, looking back on it now, it's, it's one of those things where I, I, if I wasn't happy with myself, nobody else was going to make me happy. No, there's nothing anybody could have ever done, given me anything that would have made me happy because I, I, I wasn't happy with the person looking back at myself in the mirror. And until I could have that level of like self-love, self-awareness and, and, and be able to have some form of identity, um, it wasn't going to happen. And so I think that's another thing that a lot of people um, get wrong is they start looking for ways to be happy without working on the, the self. They're looking for something, someone to be able to make that happiness occur in their life. And it's just not going to happen until you do, you know, you, you have that mirror moment where you're looking at yourself and you're like, I like it. Yeah. And I'm also glad that you brought up when relationships are starting to disintegrate, let's say we start to say, why can't I make you happy? We, we look for our, so like you start to self blame, right? You're like, yeah. why wasn't I good enough? Yeah. And I think that is also an unhealthy way to look at things because you're not supposed to be the source of someone's happiness, no matter how in love you are, how best friends you are. Like you're supposed to be an addition to someone's life and they're supposed to be an addition to your life. Or, you know, I can't say supposed to, whatever. Some people might have different perspectives. Yeah. But when you have that burden on you, you start to lose yourself. Yeah. And that's something I say, you know, I've, I've kind of made very clear in, in dating and looking what I'm looking for specifically is I, I, I've, I've noticed, at least in my past relationships and in other relationships that are around me, a lot of people, uh, once they get into that relationship, they lose identity, that they lose that sense of self and they start becoming what that other person wants or is and, and they, they kind of lose themselves. And then 20 years later, I was having a conversation with a friend just recently um, that she's going through some issues with her husband. 
and you know the kids are moving out of the house now and going to college and everything and they're having issues and 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 i'm like well what do you, what do you like to do you got to give him he, he's looking for space that's why he's doing what he's doing what are you doing to get your space and do your right and she's she was like i just identify as a mom like that's that's all i've ever identified myself as for the last 20 years and and so it's really hard to hear that. And so when I date, when I look for someone, I want someone that's got their own sense of self, their own identity. They, they have their own goals, they have their own hobbies and you know things. Now, that's not to say I don't want to have shared experiences and shared hobbies and shared um, you know, uh, things that we can do. But at the end of the day, I feel like that space to be able to do your own thing and then bring that to the relationship helps grow the relationship and helps everyone stay on and kind of even keel versus, you know, just diving into each other and being that, you know, those memes and gifts where people are just holding each other like all the time, 24, seven, 365. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's key. Absolutely. The polarity is, is going to be key for what keeps interest in the relationship. But I'm curious to know, because you've just turned 41 today, how is it different? How do, you know, how is it different the way you see things now versus what you might've been looking for in your twenties or in your thirties? How do you think, you know, can you give us a comparison? Yeah, I think, I think now it's just, uh, as you grow older, I think you just have more life experience, uh, just overall. Uh, so at 41, I mean, you, you know, my 20 and you're, a lot of guys in our 20s, uh, you know, there's probably some level. I know for me, just ex, you know, my self-example, I don't want to speak for every man out there, but like, you know, jealousy tends to be a big issue. So you're looking for a partner that, you know, that 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 probably hasn't, you know, been with a lot of people and all. It's just, you know, you're 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 young and and, and you're just trying to figure out everything. I feel like, so jealousy tends to be a big thing when you're younger. Um, I think looking, you know, you're looking more for the, um, especially in this day and age, you're looking for the more attractive, somebody that I can take pictures with and post on Instagram kind of person. And in a lot of cases and in your twenties and, and those kind of things when, and, and as I've gotten older, you know, really uh, what I'm looking for now is, is someone that's been through life. And I, and one of my female friends jokes, on me all the time about this, but I, I tell her, you know, all the time, I want somebody that's been through struggle. I want somebody that's been through some shit in their life because relationships are hard. And I don't want the worst thing that's ever happened to somebody is that they lost their car chapstick and, you know, they can't, you know, that's the, that's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to them in their life. I, you know, I, I, I want somebody that I can trust that will work through issues and be there by my side and grow together and not run at the first sign of hard. So I think that's just the biggest difference is when you're in your twenties, you probably both haven't been through a lot of struggle in your life and, and you're going to have to learn to grow, to struggle together. And then when you're older and you're dating older, when you're older, that relationship becomes the baggage that makes yeah. you grow, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is the struggle, right? Yeah. Oh, in a lot man. of cases, and I mean, those are the lessons learned. You've, you've got a lot more lessons learned in life and a lot more uh, things in your cookie jar that you can reach back into and say, oh, I've, had a similar experience to this. This is the way I handled it before. Is this going to be the right way to handle it here? And all those kind of different things. It's just, it's just growth and, and, and learning and, and, and then being self-aware, more self-aware, um, and, and to what you're looking for. Um, just 
experience in life. I love that. I love that so much because I feel like I also came to that realization the other day. Um, a lot of people, I think when they're younger, the, the thing to look for is like, I just want someone who's drama free, who has no baggage, you know, who's like, pure essentially and then I just thought like someone told me that the other day and, and I just thought to myself like people my age and you know like obviously I'm young and I have like a million more lessons to learn in life but yeah. childhood was traumatic enough to give me some some foundation right yeah um, I thought to myself like I kind of want someone with a little bit of baggage because like you said then you know who they are, right? How they're yeah. showing up is how they've dealt with problems, handled problems. But someone who doesn't, hasn't like made any mistakes is like so aloof. They're likely not going to commit to anything. They're just like doing their own thing. You know, it's like, there's no, there's no solidity there. It's just like, it's, it's yeah. not enough. Yeah. And I think, I think as I've gotten older too, I think one of the big things is um, when you're younger, you tend to really put that best foot forward and a lot of times you almost start making your, it's almost a facade that you have to like eventually get through. And so, you know, again, talking to some of my female friends that have dated younger, it's like, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be three to six months before you really get a chance to really know who this guy is. Um, because that best foot forward is going to be there. And then three months later, you'll start seeing the cracks in the facade. You might catch them in a few lies, those kind of different things. Um, where as I've gotten older, it's all day one, like date one, I'm sitting there and it's like, all right, let's tell me about your trauma. Cause we're going to get this out of the way now. And we don't want to waste each other's time. I'm not going to wait three months to figure this whole thing out because I don't three months from now, I'm going to be 41 in three months. And like, that's just closer to 50 than I want to be. Time so is ticking. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where like, I've, for me, it's become where I'm a lot more just very, I wouldn't call it like rudely blunt, but I'm blunt. Like, I'm like, this is, yeah, it's, this is me, take it or leave it. And if they leave it, that's fine. I mean, that, that we both didn't waste each other's time, but if they take it, let's, okay, let's see where this goes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I think that's the big, that's another big difference is uh, from where I was younger. It was, it was man, like best foot forward, trying to really do this for three to six months. And then you start like, it starts to like crack and then you start that facade starts to wear. And then you start to really understand who each other, you know, is as, or are as a person. And then as you, when you're older, it's like I said, date one, it's like, all right, this is the trauma I've been through. I've been married twice. I've got a baby, got a kid, you know, all this kind of different things. Okay, wow. Well, that being said, someone in the audience, let's just touch on this real quick. Um, you've already said, you know, kind of the, the type of character that you want from someone, you know, what else do you think would have to get your attention for you to be with someone? Would you, would you get married again? You know, like, where are you at in, the, in that headspace? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like I've, I've battled with the whole married at the end thing. You know, a lot of times I kind of think, you know, is a, is a government document really defining my relationship? Like, it's like, okay, that's great. All of a sudden we have a government document. You, I can put you on my insurance or, you know, these kind of different things. But, uh, but really, I, I don't know, like the marriage thing is still kind of out there. I think it would just depend on the partner, where we're at, what they believe in. Am I really, you know, into what 
that is going to look like in the future. So I think that's a big one. But uh, but yeah, I think for me, you know, I, I, I like I said, the struggle thing is a big one. Uh, and then the other piece is because I am a single dad and, and, and because I do have the relationship that I have with my ex and, and the mother of my child, it's I don't want someone to come in and think they're going to be mom with, with, with my child. I want somebody that is just going to be another strong female role model that my daughter can see and, and be around. And then honestly, like, I just want someone that I can show my daughter what a loving relationship looks like how a man should treat a woman, those kind of different things from, from daddy's perspective, because her mom has been a relationship. The, the guy's great. I don't, nothing against him, but I don't think there's anything that really uh, a daughter plays off of with relationships as they grow older than seeing dad do it. And that's why for me, like daddy, daughter, date nights and the way I treat her, I hope goes a long way and her expectations for a relationship and what she's looking for in a man. Um, you know, I joke about this all the time. One of the things I'm, I'm big into like the chivalry type stuff from, you know, the things that guys should do open doors, things like that. While well, I was teaching her the other day, I was like, you know, you should have, the man should always walk between, you and like traffic, like when you're walking on a sidewalk kind of thing. And the way she took it was, oh, so the guy dies first. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess that's right. That's I mean, isn't very, that why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of is, but I, I had never thought about it that bluntly before. You just like, thought oh, it was a nice gesture. She's thinking logically. See, yeah. she's, oh, she's man, being logical about it. <laughs> man, man dies first. So yeah. But, but I, but, you know, I've, I've found myself doing things with my daughter that, you know, I, I wasn't probably never uh, in my relation, past relationships, never kind of a romantic type, like in, it came from like lack of empathy and a lot of other things uh, that, that I grew up with myself, I think that, that were deep rooted, but then as after having her and doing these things, daddy daughter date nights i've you know we've done things like go to a drive-in movie and have pizza in the back of the the truck while we're watching the drive-in movie and i'm like i'm sitting there with her i feel like like, you're setting unrealistic expectations (laughs) you know he's talking about the internet sitting unrealistic. i've had pizza with her in the back of the car and she's gonna grow up and she'd be like my dad did all this shit with me why aren't you doing it lazy ass she's gonna look at every dude and say my dad didn't teach me this but yeah, but like, but I'm just like to, to the point there. Now I'm sitting there looking at like with her and I'm like, you know, this would probably be a really good date night with another adult. Like this would be like, this is probably something I should be doing um, with somebody else. Cause you know, with her, I probably have definitely gone above and beyond to try to like be, you know, make memorable moments. Um, like we did a daddy daughter dance uh, on uh, Valentine's day a couple years ago and um and it's normally all the guys dress up like in suits or you know church clothes type thing um and we wanted to do something different so i went on amazon and got a beauty and the beast costumes and we went as beauty and the beast um so like things like that like things that are outside the box that you know um you know want to have fun with and that make those moments memorable for her um now i just want to apply it to the grown-up dating life and you know we'll it will be all good yeah you would get like matching outfits with your adult partner and costumes oh, yeah. you down yeah. for it yeah i'm down for it like, matching onesies <laughs> jogging suits perhaps? jogging suits yeah, yeah. The, oh man you yeah, know the, or the 
what was it the uh there's one meme that was going around like especially fourth of july time frame where it's like both of them were wearing like daisy duke shorts yeah. with like uh, the american flag shirts i'm down all right ladies who are listening and you know maybe some gay men which you've had some interesting oh that's what i was gonna call you what what did he say sugar oh, muffins or something like that was it sugar <laughs> yeah it was like sugar it was like sugar plum sugar like something. sugar buns or something like that sugar buns. sweet sweet sugar sweet, buns or something sweet sugar buns yeah i was like oh man now <laughs> now like now all my friends in the group chat call me that because i shared that with them too i was like look at this and like now they call me that so great oh that is so funny okay so to digress the conversation a little bit i want to go back to the rebuild, right? Because yeah. we're, we're laughing, we're joking now, you're this awesome dad, awesome father, awesome, you know, co-parent, but it wasn't always like that. You went through such a time of struggle and yeah. I would love for you to kind of just share with us, like the time after you got divorced, you're going to therapy, what did life look like as you rebuilt? How did you do it? What are some key things that you did um, yeah. to help you get to where you're at now? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I, we split, me and my ex split, and I was already dealing with a lot of things from previous deployments to Iraq and just a lot, you know, I was, I had been diagnosed shortly after the split with PTSD, anxiety, depression, all the, all the things. Um, and um, so starting out, it was, I was at my worst. I had just, you know, I had just split with my wife. Uh, I had a two-year-old at that point that, you know, I didn't know it. I, I, I had serious self-doubt on my ability to be a father, let alone a, a single father now with like, that's truly going to have alone time with his daughter and is going to have to take care of her, make sure she's taken care of. And then I had, you know, on top of it all, I had, you know, tried to commit suicide, you know, in a hotel room after a split. So I had hit rock bottom. And, uh, I was, you know, 50 pounds overweight. I was emotionally a mess, physically a mess. I was just everywhere. So I remember starting to see the therapist. I had, you know, I, again, veterans department of veterans affairs, I go to the VA hospital and, and get a therapist and start, um, start, you know, just seeing the therapist at first, like it was getting me to crack and say anything more than I'm fine was very difficult. Like, Oh, okay. I'm fine. Then, um, you know, I was very fortunate, I think, to have just a very good therapist and they knew how to like poke a little bit. And then I always joke, like, I don't know if a lot of people watch The Office, but, um, but there was the one episode where Toby find, like tricks Michael into like opening up about his feelings and what's going on. And I feel like that's almost what happened to me. Like next thing I know, like I was like talking to this, you know, talking to this person and tears just started like i mean it was it was and i think that was my kind of my breakthrough moment like where it was like oh man this isn't this feels good to like talk about it and then we were able to start setting up and this is my biggest piece of advice for anybody that's going through any kind of therapy or any kind of like doing like a physical event anything is you you ultimately you have the big goal you have the goal you want to get to ultimately but the big goal can sometimes be just overwhelming when you're thinking about it. But, but if you're able to set many goals and say, this is where I want to be next week, or this is what I'm going to be in a month, that is more achievable. And it, it, it actually helps you as you kind of achieve those goals on a week to week basis, start, you know, getting more uh, self-confident 
in your, in your ability to actually achieve those goals and to get to the bigger goal. So working with a therapist, we started setting like mini goals, like, okay, you know, next week we want to do this, this, you know, this is, you know, where we want to talk about. Um, I want you to practice doing this, go talk to somebody about something, open up to, you know, just little things that over time started becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and, and, and growing me. So I think that was one of the first things was setting the mini goals with him and, and then coming back and saying, all right, well, for the first time ever, I was able to talk to my mom about this and talk to my dad about this. And it was big for me because I came from a family that, you know, we didn't talk about feelings. It was kind of one of those things where it was tough. It was a lot of tough love and in my household. And I, I can remember my, you know, just a story real quick about my grandfather's on his deathbed dying from, from brain cancer. And at the age of 75, my dad's in his fifties at the time. And my dad comes out of the room crying and uh, it's like, mom, why is dad crying? Well, your grandfather just told your dad he loved him for the first time in like, you know, 30, 40 years or something like that. So me being able to do those little things kind of helped grow me as a person and help, you know, get me to where I'm at now. And then on the physical side, it was definitely just, again, setting mini goals, like, like doing, you know, I want to do this race or this race. And then over time, I just, continue to grow physically and my ability physically and then lose the weight, become more self-confident because appearance for, you know, I hate, you know, people hate to hear it, but appearance makes a big difference in your ability to be self-confident. Like, um, you know, it's sports. It, the, the saying is always look good, play good. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just that helped me grow my self-confidence a lot just on the appearance side and, and the physical side. And then with the, the, the mental and the emotional side, being able to just communicate better and then comprehend what I'm, you know, in communication is two way. And it's not just me talking. It's got to be me listening and understanding what that person's saying. And then being able to be, to show some level of empathy and understanding for what that person's going through. So that was big. Those were big steps for me too, because I was, Original, like in past relationships, I was the guy that was thinking of the response while you're talking. Like I'm just, you're talking and I'm like, this is how I'm going to fix this problem. Like the, they, they don't even need to talk anymore. I'm going to tell them exactly what to do and their life's going to be great. So, you know, I had to learn real quick. Sometimes people just, people don't want you to fix their problems. They just want you to listen. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that was, that was a lot for that question, but that's, you know, those are the things that I was trying to do to get to where I'm at. Wow. I'm so glad that you shared all of that, though, because you put in so many spots of relatability, I think, for a lot of men. Uh, like when you said, our family just didn't talk about emotions. So many men tell me that. And because of the lack of demonstration of empathy or emotional response, how could you possibly in relationship know that? Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just all about solution. It's all about function. And, you know, until you were able to really feel empathy from someone else about your situation and just listen to you, which is the, the relationship with the therapist helps you to emulate that in relationships later on. And that I think is something I always emphasize to people is your relationship with your coach, counselor, therapist, whatever, the foundation of that is the foundation of healing because yes. they have 
hopefully done some training and they can demonstrate to you what a secure relationship looks like. They're not giving you unhealthy behaviors so they can mirror back to you, hey, this is how we respond when something's inappropriate. This is how we properly communicate. This is how um, you know we listen and, and have a real conversation. And so it does a lot more for you, for anybody listening, not, not speaking directly to you, but yeah, anybody yeah. listening. Um, it helps you in that way. It's not just about, oh, something is wrong with me and now I need to go get this fixed by someone else or I need to find the solution, which is also what I think a lot of men do is they're like, I need to go to this person to get the solution for them to tell me what's wrong with me. But that's not what it's for. It's so that you can have an actual healthy relationship with someone, you know, in a professional setting that demonstrates to you behaviors that you can take on with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So the, the, the best way I relate it to guys is especially like a lot of men that I'm with is, is, Hey, look, you, you can read, like pretend like it's like football or baseball. You can read about it. You can understand the game. You, you know, everything about it. You can, you, you, you can, you know, go talk to somebody, you know, at a bar about it, you know, those kind of things. But until you actually practice you know, practice what you're, what you're, what you're trying to do. Like, you know, if you're trying to throw a pass or something like that, if you practice it over and over and over again, then you can actually execute it when it comes time for you to execute in a game. Well, relationships are the same way. You can't just go read about empathy, understand it, and then think you're going to be able to apply it effectively. Now you, you know, you, you might have it sitting in the back of your head that you probably need to do it, but until you actually sit down with somebody and practice it, that's the only way that I was able to actually apply it to life and being able to talk to and have relationships with people like being able to talk to that therapist at first and practice the, the, the act of listening and communicating and empathy and all those kind of different things until I was able to do that. Then I was able to apply it to like close family relationships. And then that grew into like, you know, other relationships, friendships, and then ultimately into the dating world where I was able to like talk to people about their past and understand, have a level of understanding and empathy from where they were coming from and then be able to communicate with them effectively and all those kind of things. So you got to practice what you, you got, you got to practice before you can play. Okay. So, so what is the right time? If, if a dude is sitting here listening to this, be like, ah, nothing's really wrong with me. I don't feel like that's for me. Like, is, is, are they just fine then? Or like, is there a perfect time that they're like, you know, because men think, think this way too, right? It's just like, ah, it's not time for me or it's, you know, I'm not there yet. Yeah. So it, now, now is the time. I mean, it's, 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 it, you need to make it about a lifestyle more so than anything, because it's the same thing with like, in, in, you know, I'll use fitness again. You, you don't go to the gym, you know, you know, well, now's not the right time to go to the gym. I should wait five, six months to go to the gym and then I'll get in shape for this one thing or something. No, it, you need to make it a lifestyle. Your nutrition needs to be a lifestyle. It doesn't need to be a diet. It doesn't need to be a fad thing. It needs to be what, how you're going to survive for the rest of your life, how you want to live, how you want to be active the rest of your life. Same thing with this, with, with, with you know, therapy and, you know, emotions and everything else it needs to be now. Like if you want to just continue to grow as a person, then you know, now is the time. I don't wait. I wait. I, I tried to do the wait. And, well, maybe it'll be the right time later on. The longer you wait, you're just delaying what I feel like is the inevitable that, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get caught up with life. You're going to get into a relationship. You're going to get, you know, all these things are going to happen around you and you're never going to do it. So now. 
And I feel, I feel triggered by that. And I'm not even <laughs> avoiding the work. I'm like, oh my God, I feel called out even though I'm already in this, you know? So I hope yeah. some people in the audience listening are like motivated to go because also you don't know what you don't know. Just like, just like your fitness example, like you could be any body shape, but if you're not eating healthy and you're not working out, like you could still be at risk for like heart disease, right? And you could be like looking perfectly fine. You could be perfectly within the BMI, right? You don't know what you don't know. So you don't know how you're suffering if, if you're not aware and you don't know how happy you could be. You don't know how fulfilled you could be if you do not commit to your own personal growth. Like, like you said, you need to make it a lifestyle, like make your yourself and your joy and your learning, like your personal commitment that like everything you do, you're going to at least try to see how you can be the healthiest you can be. Yeah. You only have this one life. You should, why not use every resource available to you to make it the best life you can? That's, 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 you know, bottom line, like you only get this one chance. So Use everything around you to try to grow yourself and live the best life you, you could possibly can. That doesn't have, that doesn't mean the material things and everything else. That means you as a person, how are you going to be the best person you can be? And then the other things, I'll be honest, the other things follow. If you're, you know, being your best self, everything else will be just, it, I hate to call it like a magnet. It'll be attracted to you, but it's kind of that way. It's, that's the truth though. And that's exactly what I tell my clients too, because, you know, whenever somebody goes to coaching or goes to therapy, they have a laundry list of things that they want to solve, right? Like I got a problem with my spouse. I don't have a good relationship at work. I'm trying to get this money. And it's like that, 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 that. But the main thing is you're not focused on your purpose on how to be happy on how to be healthy. And so all of the other things just kind of slip through the cracks. The second you zone in and focus on how can I be the, my most mentally sharp? How can I feel good? How can I look good? Everything does change because your perspective on yourself changes, which means your actions change because your actions change. You show up differently. When you show up differently, people see you in a different light. They respect you more. So you get all of the things without having to say, Hey, I got to fix my spouse. Hey, I got to fix my relationship at work. And a lot of men do focus on that because they're problem solvers and they just burn themselves the hell out because they're pouring from an empty cup and nothing gets solved because you can't control all those other things anyway. Right. Yeah. I'm just no, going I off mean, on a tangent. No, I could be no, wrong. You're, you're, but no, you're, I, for me, it was exactly, you're exactly right. Like the more I worked on myself and the more I became just, I think it just, it shines a different light on you as a person, the, 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 the better you feel about yourself and the more you're confident in yourself and your abilities, people are attracted. It's like, it's a moth to a flame kind of thing. People are attracted to that. And it, I, I built walls. Like I was great at building walls in, in my in past years and in past relationships. And then the more I worked on myself, the more I found that people wanted to be around me. Like family members wanted to be around me and friends wanted to be around me and do things. And, you know, it just, it became in, you know, in, in Instagram is probably another, you know, people will follow, people start following me. You know, I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but, but I mean, like people want to be around people that exude that level of energy, that, that type of energy. And so, and, and we're, we're all, we all do it in some way. And, you know, I want to be around that person because that person just exudes that energy. I, I want to be, you know, I want to be in it. I want to be with that level of energy. And I think that that's another key thing with relationships with me and with dating. I, you know, I want to have, I want to be attracted to that energy more so than your physical appearance in a lot of ways. So yeah, you're exactly right. 
Well, and I'm, I'm so glad you said that about the, you know, the social media thing and, and the energy, right? Because energy is everything. And the more you dedicate to yourself and exuding that energy and just like, you don't have to work on it. Like you're just happy and like people will come. Right. But that also heightens your own level of self-respect for who you allow into your atmosphere. Because even though like now you have like these hundreds of thousands of followers, there's a lot of people who want to be in your space, but because you have that confidence now, you are so much more careful about how you allow. And I think when we, when we're in that low place and we don't have a lot of confidence and we're trying to do all these things, we allow into our lives, people who don't deserve to be there and who make us unhappy. And then we think, oh, we got to solve that or solve them. When really it's just the happier you make yourself, the wiser you will be when you, when you allow people in your space. Yeah. Yeah. Being very selective for me, you know, with, with who I allow into, into my life and around my daughter specifically it is critical to me. Like, so, you know, like you said, like, I, I, I get a ton of DMS. I'm not trying, I'm not going to answer all of them. And I apologize people. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a lot, but like, you know, I got to balance, you know, my time and my, you know, what I'm doing is trying to be as a father, as a, as, as a, you know, working my job, my fitness stuff, everything else, trying to balance all that with, you know, creating content and, and, and having genuine conversations with people versus superficial high, you know, nice to hear from you. I'm glad you're messaging me here on Instagram kind of conversations. So I, I value that time and I value, you know, I do value the messages and I'm, I'm glad they come in and I'm, I've, I do read a lot of them and, you know, I appreciate a lot of them that say, you know, you helped me and you know, what you, what you said in this video or what you, you know, what you went through, the experience there has helped me in a lot of ways. So I definitely appreciate it all, but, but you're right. I, can't answer them all. And, and, and I gotta, I gotta look, I gotta take care of myself in my own time. And, and so, sorry. I love that. Well, and that being said, you know, we had a question box for you and I got quite a few uh, messages from some, some hopeful, some hopeful people. Would you ever like, would anybody, and I, I'm asking this too, just in general, if someone slides into your DMs, is that like a chance for you? What would they have to do to like slide into your DMs and have a chance? I mean, maybe I ruined it by like exposing yeah. you on this podcast where everyone's going to try to do it, but I want to know. No, no. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess like I'm attracted to something. I, I'm attracted to things that are unique and like, you know, things that are like out of the box, you know, I just a high is probably not going to do it for me. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't know. Like I, 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 it's really hard for me to say like with the DMS because there's so much, it's like dating apps. It's really hard to, to make a judgment call on a person based on a pic, couple pictures and a, and a, in a message kind of thing. It's, you probably have to get to know that person a little bit better, but I mean, most of the time you're probably going to catch my eye with something probably unique versus something that's like, hi, hope you have a nice day kind of thing. I don't know. Like, <laughs> High sugar muffins. <laughs> yeah, high sugar muffins. That caught my attention, but like, sorry. I, wrong I like wrong field, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really funny when you said that to me. Um, well, I, I, I don't know if you have the same opinion as me on this, but it's almost like I, I really go off of energy so much. So it's almost like the question is like irrelevant because if you have the right energy, it almost doesn't matter what someone says, because there will be this 
like subconscious attraction or understanding that like, Hey, we could have a conversation like, but I've gotten DMS too, where it's like, Hey, you know, I really like your stuff. I would love to go on a date with you. And it's just like, so random and out of the blue. Yeah. And there's like, for me, there's like nothing that uh, attracts me to that. Um, yeah, no, same, same. you know, yeah, it's I'd just, like, I, I don't know. Like for me, it's, I, I, and, and the other thing too, is like a lot of people are private accounts and things like that. So you don't, you don't, you know, I, you can't even stalk a little bit to see, but like, you know, I think there are, there have been individuals that have reached out that, you know, you stalk a little bit and you're like, and you can tell by their posts, their energy in, in a lot of cases and what their interests are and things like that. So that's, for me, that was like another good starting point is like, Oh, we have a few things in common. Like I like their sense of humor. I like their, you know, the way they carry themselves in these posts and things like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably the other thing with social media and the social media dating life kind of thing. You know, I, I, I joked all the time that I, you know, I, I was really hoping that I'd find the love of my life in like the frozen food section of the grocery store. Like we'd both be reaching for the same flavor halo top and our hands would touch. The same and, flavor halo top. It's so yeah. <laughs> You're not about that art. What is it? Arctic fresh. The like, I don't even know what that is. That, it's, it was like a, it's like that. It's another low calorie ice cream. Oh, I haven't even looked. I haven't seen that. Like I, Maybe I gotta it, look at it's what I, I gotta used look to deeper. eat. I got to look deeper in the frozen food section now. See, it's missed opportunities here. You know what? You were looking at the wrong ice cream. You need to go to a different one. Yeah. Yeah. Missed connections on Craigslist. <laughs> I was reaching for Halo Top. You were reaching for Arctic Fresh. We Our eyes locked in between the frosted glass. <laughs> See, exactly. You get it. <laughs> Who doesn't get it? That's like every girl's dream. They like reaching for an avocado their hair like there's so many memes where girls are like oh me dressing up like all indie listening to my playlist about to feel like in a movie you know sorry do you yeah, ever hit on anyone at the grocery store this is why the misconnection we talked about this too if you don't make a move how are you gonna have this happen so you this is the this is the interesting part about me like that that like that i need to definitely work on more and especially with like trying to date and stuff is like i am I'm the type of guy, and this is something I know I need to work on. I'm the type of guy that I can make eye contact with somebody, and you know there's interest there. Like, you could be across the bar, and you're, like, making eye contact, and you're like, all right, she's interested. Now what do I do? And, like, then I'll just sit there, and I, I, I don't take any action. You mean like, now what do you do? <laughs> I, I know Wait, what hello. I probably should do. Where's your yeah. chase, man? You want her to come after you, and I know that you, that's not really what you want. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I think for me, it's just been, I, I don't get, I, I honestly don't get out much. Like, and so it's one of those things where I have my daughter basically every like Thursday, Friday night and on the weekends, most of the time. So like normally I have her and I don't, I value that time with her and I don't, um, I've probably had a babysitter twice in the seven, eight years she's been alive. Um, and like, I just, I find myself not, going out to do those kind of things and be out in the, you know, the dating scene in the local area in public. So, you know, a lot of times it's at the gym. And for me, I don't know about a lot of people, but for me, the gym is like my, my, you know, happy place. And, you know, I, I tend to like, just really want to get in and get out, do my thing. Now, there's really attractive people there, but I don't want to ever be that guy that goes up to somebody in the gym while they're working out. So it's one of those things where, you know, and plus for me, like, 
it's my happy place. So I'd rather not date somebody from my happy place. Like, and then I don't want to shit apart. where you eat. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Because so. if it doesn't work out, then you're like, yeah, I got to avoid, I got to change my schedule up. It's all yeah, awkward yeah. now, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's been, I think that's been the hardest part for me is especially if you're looking to date like somewhere local is just actually getting out to like, you know, see people and, and, and go on date nights. And then at my age, my age, geez, I'm starting to get old. Like, but uh, it, it's one of those things where it, I feel like with adulthood and with people with kids and lives, it becomes one of those things where dating becomes, okay, so are you available next November at 2 p.m. on a Thursday kind of thing? Like it's, it's so hard to make it work because, you know, you know, so a lot of times they have kids. I have Camilla, like it's just timing and everything else. It gets to be really hard. So yeah, I'm making excuses. <laughs> yeah, the struggle is real, right? Yeah. It just felt like a long laundry list of, uh, I haven't find anyone to be a priority yet that I want to. That's, know. and I think, that, I think that's like bottom line, what it is, is, you know, I, I, I've gone on dates, I've done, I've met some really amazing women, nothing against them. Like, you know, it's just, it hasn't really happened. The connection uh, yeah, isn't there. Yeah, I feel yeah like so, there. so yeah, it's, and, you know, maybe one day we'll see Maybe one day. The main thing though, is that you right now are curating a life that is amazing just for you. Like if you, if you're going to die, you're, you're going out without the thought of like, I need something like you're trying to milk this life for everything that yeah. it's worth. Yeah. And that's something that I, again, um, cause I get asked a lot of questions from like dads and moms too, um, that, that about like, you know, things that I've done, uh, like when I do, like when I went and climbed to Mount Kilimanjaro last September, that's 10 days, basically that I was in Africa away from her. And you'll get the question sometimes, like, don't you view that as selfish? And for me, it's like the least selfish thing that I could do is go do what makes me happy in that way. Because I go to, you know, I go to Kilimanjaro, I climb Kilimanjaro, come back down, that's 10 days on the mountain by myself doing something I really love, getting a chance to self-reflect and do a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of work on myself during those 10 days too. And then I come back a better man, a better father, a better, you know, everything for everybody around me uh, because I accomplished at first I, I, I've always wanted to do it. It's on my bucket list. I, I, and so I get a chance to go out and accomplish that. Uh, there is that sense of accomplishment that goes along with it. And then, you know, I come back like, okay, that's, that's something that I've knocked off the bucket list. It's I, I've, I've done it. And then my daughter sees that and she sees daddy, like, man, daddy did something really awesome. He's really happy about it. He's proud of him. He's proud of himself. I'm proud of him for doing that. Now I kind of want to do something like that. So you know, she immediately was like, I, I want to climb a mountain now. And so we went last this past May, April, May timeframe, I think it was during her spring break. Um, we went to uh, Old Rag Mountain here in Virginia and she got her first little mountain summit and then seeing the pride on her face and seeing everything that, you know, she accomplished when she was climbing uh, that mountain, um, you know, that meant more to me than climbing Kilimanjaro because I had that impact on her and it made her want to do that. And so, for parents out there, I, you, you got to have that, that space. And that's, that goes for relationships too. Like that goes for any type of relationship. You got to have that space to do 
you and to, to do the things that you've wanted to accomplish in life and have that support from family members. Because I was very lucky to have support from my ex and Camilla's mom to say, yeah, go do it. And then I got Camilla for those 10 days. You go do your thing. And, you know, that works. And so I, I'd say, you know, having that in a relationship helps the relationship because, you know, hey, you, they're not harboring any ill will towards you or the relationship now for not being able to go out and do things that they want to accomplish in life. So it just makes it, it, for me, like, it's not selfish. It's the least selfish thing you can do is to go out and do the things that you love and want to do in your life and then bring that awesomeness back to the relationship. I love that. I love that so much because you're also demonstrating such a healthy perspective on independence and not codependence. And like you said, it really helps you as a parent still cherish your life. And as much as your daughter could be like the number one priority in your life and you love her, making yourself a priority at times is showing her just a healthy example of like, oh, I'm allowed to do these things that that when I become a parent, I don't just have to give my life away to my children, which is, I think, the perspective that a lot of parents have. And I'm not a parent, so I can't say I maybe my, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But no. I've coached a lot of parents and they fall into this category of I don't know what to do now that my children are leaving the nest because I identify as a mom. I identify yes. as a dad. And then you lose partnership also because you guys have identified as parents, not as partners. And then it becomes kids first instead of you know, after the kids leave, like you're raising your child to leave you. I don't think a lot of people understand that you're raising your child to leave you. So why are you going to be so attached at the hip their entire lives? And then when they're gone, you're feeling lost. They're probably feeling lost. Your partner's feeling lost because you've prioritized so many things over partnership, over intimacy, over independence. Um, and that's something that scares me about relationship as well is I have done quite a few adventures just like you like hiking the Camino de Santiago and and I would like to do the Appalachian Trail but that's like a six-month commitment yeah. in the wilderness who is going to stick around for that like you need to find a special person who understands that like that is a very valuable thing to do in life or to do it together you know and an understanding if if your partner doesn't want to do certain adventures with you because they want to experience certain things alone right yeah. so it's like yeah having having that that security within yourself, I think is so valuable for you as an individual, but also just to show a child. I think that that's so valuable. And that's something so cool for you to talk about on this podcast and, and to share with people who might be struggling with, with guilt of doing things for themselves with guilt of, and especially like, I don't, and I know that we're kind of like coming near the end of time, but I would love to get your perspective on this. No, you're fine. People who stay in a marriage for the children, even when they're struggling, what is your perspective yeah. on that? Yeah. So that was something that my ex and I had the conversation about, like we were both in different, um, we were both in different chapters of our lives, different, different seasons. I'll use, I'll use the Hallmark channel, uh, you know, terminology. We were in different seasons of our lives and, uh, we were both not, I, I, she, she, I think she was very much in a better place individually, uh, for herself. She kind of knew who she was and what she wanted, uh, I was still very lost in that manner. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know who I was. I was suffering with an identity crisis after leaving the military and not, you know, my whole twenties was basically I'm a soldier. And then I got out. Well, who am I now? And so a lot of that, you know, was going on for me. And, you know, for us at the end of the day, the, the most critical thing that we can do as parents 
is show our children how much they are loved and and that that we are in it together to to make sure that to raise her to be you know to leave the nest now i don't think we could have effectively done that if we were together and and she would have just our daughter would have been exposed to most likely at that point kind of a toxic kind of environment where you know it probably wasn't you know we were two strangers living in the same house I don't think that's going to be healthy for a child as they grow older and, and, and they're what, what they're defining as a, rela- a loving relationship is and things like that. So I'll put it this way, just from, you know, we've been split for about six years. My daughter was two when we split. Um, and I'd say she's probably the happiest kid on the planet. She does well in school. She, you know, she tested out at reading in the, at the seventh grade level at the end of the second grade. She's, you know, she made the dance team. She's, she's done all these amazing things and she, she loves mom and dad. And there's no, there's no ill will there. I, I know eventually I'll probably get the question when she's a teenager, like, Hey dad, what happened between you and mom? But, but for us at the end of the day, like it was, it was her happiness and her being loved was the number one priority, not us necessarily having to be together to make that happen. So, yeah. Powerful. I love that so much. And it's, it's such a wise decision to make, to know that her happiness was going to be the priority and that that couldn't have been done with you two together. Obviously hindsight, we don't really know, but with where you were at, that separation allowed both of you to truly go into yourselves and and become parents to love her. Well, the one thing, and the one thing I do want to caveat that with saying is, is, is especially for men, um, being present and, and being a a dad and and doing the things that you need to do as a father, even though you're not together. Cause I see a lot of, a lot of times you'll split, there'll be some level of jealousy, you know, whatever, and, 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 and the co-parenting doesn't go the way it should. It's a lot of mom and not a lot of dad. And that was another thing that we agreed on very early on that I was going to have, you know, equal time with her, that she needed dad in her life and she needed a present dad in her life. And so one of the things is you can be a father on a birth certificate. Every, you know, everybody's got that, you know, written down. You got, you gain that title. Great. But are you really dad? Are you really present in their lives? Are you, are you doing things with them? Are you being an example for them? We need more of that. We need less of the fatherlessness that is going on and the deadbeat dads and more people that are actually present and trying to raise their children as men. Um, that's one thing that I'm very passionate about because we have a fatherlessness crisis in our in our society today. And a lot of, like I said, during the one post reel I made, um, a lot of when you look at you know, prisoners in prison uh, or young men that have, that have come from, you know, fatherless homes or deadbeat dads. A lot of the, the, lot of the violent crimes that have occurred in recent, you know, history with mass shootings and things come from fatherless homes and homes with deadbeat dads. There are statistics here to define all that. Um, we, we need present dads. And so when you do make that decision that, hey, look, we're not, we're not able to make this work together as a, an entire family unit and you do make that split, that doesn't give you a pass. Like you still have to be present and you still have to be dad. That doesn't give you the opportunity to just pay child support and, and show up once every month or something like that. That, that that's, that's not 
that's not the definition that that I want to put out there of talking about splitting. I, I, I want to make sure that we still have dads that are present and not running from their responsibility. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think it's important that you emphasized. I think you can be a deadbeat dad within a marriage if you are not yeah. present, if you are not, if you're not present. And I think what, what allows you to be more present for your child is what's going to allow you to avoid being a deadbeat dad. And, and also I think to emphasize, if you love your child and you are doing the best that you can, like that, that is what matters. It's like when we use the excuse of like, oh, work is a priority and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And you're not, you're not showing up to like support your child in an emotional way because men as fathers need to be emotionally supportive. Yeah. Yeah. We, we tend to get that. Um, we, we tend to, especially, and it happened to me, uh, the minute we found, I found out, you know, we were pregnant. I went into provider mode. Like it was like, got a like job and five, two, nine plans and, you know, 401k, all you got to have all this stuff together. And, and it was, it was, I put so much focus on that. And then I worked, you know, even when she was born, like it was, I was working all the time and I never took the time to sit on the floor and play with her and, and do those kind of things when she was very young. And, and then when we split, um, and all, I hate to say it this way, but it almost forced me to be, to prioritize that time to say, all right, you know, this is my work time. I work between nine and five. I figure out how I'm going to work out and get my runs in and all those kind of things around that. And then when I pick her up and when I take her to school or, you know, th that time is hers, that's our time. And I got to find a way to, you know, do things with her during that time. So, you know, getting outdoors and, you know, hiking and climbing mountains and, and going to the beach together and doing those kind of things and putting the cell phones down and not checking email and not doing those things is a critical part of that. Like, you know, I, I try daddy daughter date night on every Friday night is an opportunity for us to go to a restaurant and put everything aside and tell me about your week. Tell me about what you're going through. The, you know, what's, what's, what, what, what did you do and your best friend do in class today? Those kind of different like conversations go a long way with your child um, because it lets them know that you're, you're truly interested in them and what they're wanting you know, doing and what they want to do and their desires in life. And, you know, I, I can't emphasize it enough. Just prioritize your time accordingly. I, we all have responsibilities, but setting the priorities and making sure that your child is at the top of that list is, uh, is key. Amazing. Wow. Well, with that being said, um, I just want to say I appreciate your time here so much, Jason. So much wisdom was poured into this episode. I think it's going to help a lot of people here. Um, but just as an ending note for anybody who's kind of going through it or any men who really want to jump into the ne next step of their lives, into the next level of themselves, is there any words of wisdom that you might give to them? Yeah, I, I'd say, again, don't wait start now, like just find resources that are available to you, uh, whether it's a coach like Elise or somebody, you know, but, but, uh, but, uh, Thanks you know, find, shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but, but find the resources that are available to you and start now, don't wait. And then you, again, you're, you're not doing this for short term. You're not trying to do a quick fix. It's, it's not a quick fix. This is a lifestyle change and you, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to spend a life doing these kind of things and, you know, using these resources to grow yourself. 
And then again, set mini goals. You have the big goals, obviously, that you want to achieve. But if you can break that down into more achievable mini goals and then work your way to the bigger goal, that's going to help in a long, uh, go a long way for you uh, when, when you're looking to grow and, and become that better you. Well, thank you so much, Jason. I will put the link to all of his socials in the show notes, guys. Find him on social media where he is popping off for some funny, entertaining, and more recently serious reels. But uh, thank you so much, Jason, for being here today. And uh, I'll see you next time, guys.